I personally have been in this field for 30 years. I learn something new every day. If I don't learn something every day, I go home and I think, oh, that was a boring day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in yeah. our field, the challenges are so big and so many, you've got to learn something every day. Is it software? Is it people? Is it client? Is it mm. project related? Whatever. Yeah. No. You go home and you feel good about yourself. Three, two, one, zero. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Engineering Buzzcast. My name is Jacob Primus and I'm joining you today with my good mate and co-host, Daniel Hardy. So today's episode is one that is pretty inspiring. Uh, we were invited around to the SMEC office in the Gold Coast to have a little bit of a sticky beak, but um, to mainly have a conversation with Peter Villick. Now, Peter, he is a technical principal in the road planning and design sector at SMEC, um, which means that he's responsible for applying professional knowledge and judgment, or his own personal judgment, on complex transport-related engineering projects and just working out that balance of feasibility that is required to achieve proper and maintained project performance. Um, personally, I found something to be really interesting was his background. Mm. Uh, his personal background, we found, was something that was something really, really to be admired. Yeah, it was really interesting um, hearing how he travelled across Europe as an archaeologist before he got into the line of work he is now as a technical principal and in the tra you know the roads and transport department, especially at SMAC. Really interesting how like the leaps he took to get from where he was to where he is today. Yeah, definitely, definitely, hundred percent. So Peter's been actually in this industry for over thirty years uh, in multiple management and advisory roles throughout the civil engineering and transport sector. So he's definitely seen a lot of change over mm. the years, a lot of new technologies come and go, a lot of big projects come and go. So he's definitely a man of experienced wisdom. Mm. Um, throughout his interview, he gave us some absolutely golden advice in terms of what new students should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, interviewing techniques, and so much more to getting into, into this industry. So if you're looking at getting into the field of transport engineering, or you simply just want to hear about what it takes to be a leader in the engineering sector, then this is the episode that your ears have definitely been waiting for. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Yeah, I hope you enjoy, guys. Yeah, Peter, welcome to the Engineering Buzzcast. Thanks for coming on today. So, Peter, give us a quick little bit of rundown of um, what you're doing at the moment and like some of the work that you do um, and the projects that you're working on like with your team at the moment, your team of engineers. So just just give us a little bit of a rundown just about, just about that. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, well, uh, I've been with SMEC now for... Almost 11 years. I've been in different roles in the in the last 11 years. Obviously, uh, uh, came here as a technical principal, uh, then dwelled into the space of management for a number of years, um, managing the roads and highways team. You know, managing the Gold Coast office mm. of SMEC, um, and then I've come back now to my substantive role, which is the technical principal role mm. for the last two years. Um, uh, what does that, that entail? I'm, I'm basically, um, you know, reviewing, helping, advising, guiding design of our projects in the planning space, mm. in the preliminary design space, and in the detailed design space. Um, I also, um, you know, dwell in the area of the road safety audits okay. yep. and safe systems, which is something new into the uh, you know industry. Safe systems uh, is basically based on the government policies to have you know zero debt by 2031. Okay. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and just you know, uh, implementing um, the four pillars of the safe systems, which is uh, safer roads, safer vehicles, uh, safe you know, safer cars, and safer drivers. 
Right, okay. Mm. Yeah, when was that introduced? Because you said it was pretty recent. It's um, down, in, uh, down in Victoria and in New South Wales, they've been probably going through this part for the last maybe four or five years. Okay. Queensland, maybe yeah. the last two years. Um, yeah, right. Department of Transport and Main Roads are driving hard now, um, probably since 2019. Uh, they have, uh, sorry, 2018. They came up with a um, safety policy, uh, and um, there is a need on most of our projects now to do the safe system assessment. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is based on Osro's guidelines. Yeah. Uh, right. Victoria yeah. have got their own guidelines, but uh, up here we're using uh, the um, the the uh, Osro's guidelines of safe system. Okay. Mm. Yeah. What what role would um, engineers typically play in that in those larger projects and things like that? You mean uh, in the safe system? Yeah. 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 Safe, safe system. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it's it's basically a um, you know a major awareness of uh, those four pillars. Okay. Uh, and and number one, I suppose, for us here within you know, SMEC is uh, designing a safer roads mm. Uh, mm. and the safe road furniture and the safe road environment. Okay. Um, we don't really go much into the safe, um, the safe vehicles or mm, the safe yeah. uh, driver behavior mm. as such. But we just, you know, basically just, um, you know, mm. stick with the safer, safer roads approach. Uh, yeah, safer yeah. roads uh, starts from, you know, it can start from the, uh, you know, planning stage, mm. which is your option analysis business case, okay, and then uh, you know carries on into the you know, preliminary design, detailed design stages mm. of the project, mm. and um, you know. Includes everything from 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 uh, payment mm. types, mm. from uh, you know uh, you know road widths, uh, mm. lane widths, uh, bike lanes. I feel like there's a lot but that like a lot of people don't know that actually goes into it. Like a lot of decision making yeah, that no one would ever really think about. Like you just mentioned pavements and all that sort of thing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it'd be like a really big up and coming field as well, especially with roads and stuff at the moment. Mm. I mean like redoing all of Australia's roads and things like that. Like what other what other projects and stuff have you guys been working on in the past um, that have been like involved in that sort of field? Well, um, I'm currently, uh, I've just finished a safe system review on the uh, Gateway Upgrade Nord and Bruce Highway project um, uh, in Brisbane uh, mm. for the TMR Metro. Okay. Um, mm. in, in, uh, on that project, we are the uh, designer in a joint venture with Jacobs. Uh, so one engineer from Jacobs and I did a, uh, this assessment. Uh, you know, we do the report, mm. we do the scoring, and then that, that goes to the client, which is in this case is you know, TMR, and they, um, <coughs> they then you know, contribute to the findings mm. and the oh, solutions yeah. that, we, that they propose to just you know, improve you know, uh, the safety of the design project. Uh, at the end of the day, safe system and road safety audit, uh, the bottom you know, line lies with the client, which in our case, it's TMR or councils. Okay, mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of like hand down procedures from concept to um, application sort of Correct. thing. Is that, is that what you're sort of yes. saying? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, every different, you know, every stage has got a different, uh, you know, demands mm. and, and, okay. a, and a, you know, different effort to be put in to to go into the you know details of that of of, of each stage of, of our projects. Mm. Okay. So like what sort of background did you have growing up and how did that influence where your career took you during your life? Well, my background probably it was something you know, totally you know, different. I, I was very uh, you know when I was in high school days I was very keen into the arts. Ah, yeah. And 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 uh, I I did a bachelor of arts, you know, history of arts with archaeology back in Europe. 
Oh yeah. And uh, I worked as a you know archaeologist. Uh, I love arts, you know, particularly uh, you know the medieval, you know, the sort of middle age yeah, yeah. arts and the architecture, particularly churches. Mm. I was yeah. just ob- just obsessed with you know. Well, Europe's the perfect place for Europe, that. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, and and um, you know, but I left high school. I I left my home country. And I traveled through uh, Western Europe, uh, from Italy to France, through Germany, England, wow. Spain, it, uh, Greece. Uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, at, at one stage, I had in my memory something like over a thousand churches. Uh, oh, the, wow. yeah, they were built by the actors. They were built yeah. and designed. Uh, so that was, my, you know, that was my passion for a long time. I came here in 86, and um, this archaeology uh, you know, wasn't as big uh, in say, you know, Europe. And, um, I decided to do a, a you know, career change, mm. and I went to you know, QUT, and uh, the career advisor asked me, what would you like to study? And I said, well, look, uh, I wanted to do a you know, degree or a diploma that will give me the, a, a job mm. the very next day I finished my last exam. <laughs> and she said to me, you know, civil engineering, mm. and that's what I did. I did yeah. two years diploma course in civil engineering, and I've been now in this field for 30 years. Wow, and I can just tell you guys that I haven't looked back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good input to output ratio, I guess. Then only putting in that two years and then getting that entire entire career career out of it. That's yeah, that that's Mm. really inspirational. Actually, how um how did your arc uh sorry archaeology translate into civil engineering? How much of that was able to went across that Mm. you were able to use? Uh, Look, I believe in in multi-skilling, just building yourself up. Mm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And different field in you know in life and in science gives you that uh, those sort of skill set that you're gonna use one day mm. in different roles um, makes you probably wiser mm, you know, uh, yeah. in a way that you are looking things from a different you know perspective not just not just basically you know just follow science and, and just you know follow the, um, mm. the you know standards mm. guidelines and that's it you start to look things from a different perspective, you know, just perspective. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, um, and what helped me really personally was um, once you become a manager and you're, and you're working with people and through people, uh, you know, you, you need to come up from a different angle. Mm. Uh, the most difficult part of our, you know, of our industry is people management. Mm. And not just in our industry, but in, in all others probably. Uh, people management, uh, particularly, you know, lately with, uh, with COVID and not being, you know, one-to-one uh you know you have to call you have to do the skype calls team calls zoom calls yeah yeah it's much more you know much more so difficult uh because we you know we don't have that personal um the sort of relationship and the personal uh you know face-to-face yeah definitely mm. discussions and mm. and, and uh, you know support mm. even just networking and stuff like that it's, it's so hard because it, when, when you're face-to-face with that person you can just talk about a lot more things compared to online and, and stuff you know yeah. and you can like physically speak to that person and like read emotions better everything's just yeah yeah so it definitely is being able to just mm. you know change topics and change subjects mm. makes it more uh, fun and i suppose more yeah. uh, more so engaging yeah yes, definitely, definitely yeah definitely yeah. yeah i feel like there's going to be like a, a really big gap in the future with mm. that because there's going to be like a whole generation of a period of say three to four or five years that are not going to have those abilities, like you said, to be able to just go up to someone and just talk to them and that sort of thing, and and, and getting those social perspectives to be able to manage a team of people and that, that sort of thing. It so definitely takes practice. It's not something you can mm. just just yeah. do. You need to really build up confidence, and I think mm. that's just. Mm. Uh, if I go back to the management, yeah, yeah, you know, skill set, um, it's something that that is hard to learn. Mm. Some people are born leaders. Mm. Uh, they've got that skill. 
they, from, yeah. from you know, very early in their lives and they lead mm. and they manage. Mm. Uh, and you know, some of us um, you know, learn you know, how to lead and, and you know, how to manage. I think mm. uh, it's, a, it's just one of those um, you know, uh, different people have you either different get it or needs. You don't get it sort of That's thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's all strengths. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. yeah. So you grew up in that in that Western European area of archaeology and that interest in civil engineering. Like, how did how did so you did the, then did the associate's degree? Where did you go from there? From from then on, so you had the associate's degree in civil engineering. What was there a specific company you worked for, or like a project you worked yeah, on yeah, that I, engaged I, I, you more um, in that? I have worked in my career for the public sector. Okay, which is you know councils and you know number of, of you know, council in the southeast Queensland and also uh, for TMR, South Coast Region, which is mm. down here you know, in the ring. Uh, I, I have worked for a number of consultancies uh, in Brisbane and the Gold Coast. It's good to have that wide experience uh, because it's nice to know the client's needs, mm. what they want from their projects, how they want them done, mm. and why they want them done. Mm. But then also from the consulting point of view is how do you do the project how do you manage the project delivery mm. Mm, the yeah. quality the milestones mm. deadlines just a big balancing act really exactly just, mm. yeah just being able to juggle all those things at once mm. and then end mm. up with the mm. final the final project yeah yeah that's mm. um that's that's really inspirational to be able to to do something like that and i think just like you said you either get it or you you sort of don't mm. you know and there's sort of people that crack under that sort of pressure and then there's, mm. there's people that can put up with that sort of pressure so mm. that's um yeah, that's really interesting. And, so, and as, yeah. if I can add to that, as a post comment, is that don't allow yourself to be, you know, you mm. know, to be pigeonholed. Mm. Uh, try to just explore in you know, different fields, uh, you know, different areas mm. in our, mm. like yeah. in our you know, industry. Um, a lot of people leave uni, they get into the into the you know, design office, and they stay there all their career. Mm. Um, the best thing, in my opinion, is to do is to uh, just explore the construction field, get out on site, mm. go and learn, you know, firsthand how things are built. Mm. Um, then come in the office and do the design, uh, you know, follow standards, guidelines. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. The, the, uh, the uh, you know, top designer, if you can't visualize what you're designing, mm. that's the bottom line. And to do that, you need to go on site and just experience mm. firsthand and see. Underground, join it, you know. And I think it's just recognizing it. all those steps to get to that to that point of implementing it. You know, you yeah. got to recognize and respect that there's all these different steps to get there. It's not just a mm. oh, it's done no. sort of thing. You know, so right. uh, and patience, mm. patience, and you know, patience and hard work. Mm. Uh, nobody has achieved anything uh, in a big hurry or in, or, in a, or or in a very short time frame. It, yeah. mm. it, it takes few years. To master your, you know, discipline, to get your skill sets, to become, you know, multi-skilled, mm. and yeah, um, to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, what would what would you recommend for students who are trying to get into the engineering industry at the moment, or people that are in the engineering industry to continue on that path? You, you mentioned discipline and just 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 being along yourself, like your own personal goals. What what else would you recommend for for people? Once again, I would just like to say that we should all strive you know, to just explore our you know, industry because it's such a large mm. field. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. From now, the, you know, solar energy to um, the roads and highways business, you know, how mm. to build roads, uh, how to design payments, uh, how, you know, how to construct. Multi-skilling is the answer 
to its success. There is a you know, shortage of multi-skilled, multi-skilled engineers, hmm. technicians, and drafters uh, right. in our industry. Uh, there is a shortage of new, young engineers, senior engineers. Uh, Has it always been like that? Do you, do you feel no, like? No, no. Or, or is it just like a recent sort of thing yes, that's starting to occur? Uh, if I can yeah. give you as an example, um, in the last two years, since hmm. probably uh, mid-2019, 72,000 senior engineers have left the industry. Wow. In this country. Really? That is a 72,000 senior Was it just like a, like a voluntary sort of thing? Or was it just like Most a, of them have retired. Yeah. People of my age. Yeah. Uh, most of them have just do, you know, done, have just moved on and do yeah. something else. Hmm. Uh, wow. Most of them have um, probably, um, you know, come to a point where they just have thought, you know, uh, I've done this for a long time. Mm. I need to try something else before I retire. And uh, there is a major shortage in the senior space wow. at the moment. Um, there is a major shortage in the designer space. Civil yeah. designers, civil design engineers that are on the tools like, mm. you know, 12D, AutoCAD, MicroStation, all this mm. you know, software that we are using in our field. Mm. Um, you can't get enough of them. Yeah, right. Basically. Wow. That's hard to wrap your head around 72,000 yeah. people. That's, wow. So, yeah. and uh, the good news for you guys is that mm. the you know, industry is is ramping up. Mm. Uh, COVID has brought a lot of funding from all level of uh, you know of governments. Um, the money is there for the infrastructure mm. to be spent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, b- but before they, they you know do that, things need to be designed, sorry, planned, designed, and then constructed. So um, the you know shortage in resource uh, will will be will be to your advantage because um, these opportunities are there, mm. especially yeah. to the the uh, Olympic Games coming up in Brisbane in the next few years. Oh yeah, that's going to just the explode is Queensland yeah. uh, with a you know fast rail projects. Yeah. With yeah. The, you know, yeah. with the, you know second you know M one, which is going to be the Kubernetes connector project yeah. uh, mm. from the Gold Coast to uh, to Logan. Mm. Um, yeah. The um, light rail stage three and four. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. The heavy rail down to the border. Mm. That they are massive projects that will need a lot of people to you know work on. I feel like that. especially in Australia too. There's, yeah, there's yeah. so much to improve. So much to improve. Like uh, Smack Victoria. If I can give you a so example, uh, we are we are successful. Uh, we just won a um, Northeast Link down in Melbourne, which is a six k of tunnel project. Uh, oh, wow. We are in joint venture with uh, with Post McDonald mm-hmm. and. And a consortium of tunnel, uh, you know, companies from China to you know Korea, Spain. It's a twenty-five billion dollar project. <laughs> it, it, it needs it's one thousand engineers to work on the for, for the next five years. Wow! Whoa. And so you just had how many walk out, and then now how many do you need? That's Seventy thousand right. in one year left. Yeah. The industry senior engineers specifically, yeah. though. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. the big. That's, yeah, big part. That's the big part of it. Especially so open the, the so you know, doors for you guys. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, you know mm. finish your studies. Start applying for jobs mm. right now. Mm. Don't wait for when you do your last exam like I did. Mm. You can get a job now as a, you know, as you know, undergraduates uh, and get that sort of experience firsthand. Yeah, yeah. And mm. see where do you fit in. Yeah, What's your you know, passion? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's very, very true. Just finding what you what you like as well. Mm. You know, I feel like, like I said, I mentioned earlier, there's going to be a big gap between people who have... A theoretical knowledge and physical knowledge you know like mm. being able to hands-on apply that because you know we've just learned it all online like lectures and things like that and mm. it's it's a whole different story when you get out there in the field i'm sure you've recognized that yes. as well and you've yeah, seen that happen well, yeah. with a lot of junior engineers so mm. yeah did you um did you always do transport sort of engineering when you first started or did you also go into sort of structural and geotechnical and dance around a little bit no all i've done all my career is just uh you just transport engineering yeah, okay. um, yeah. Uh, a bit of you know, traffic engineering, mm. but um, yeah, yeah. basically that, that's my 
path. That's your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There would have been like a lot of big developments um, in your time, especially in transport engineering. Mm. What would have been like some of the biggest projects that you've seen in transport engineering transpire? Oh, look, uh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been now 25, sorry, 28 years on the Gold Coast. And mm. most of the roads that you, that, that you, you know, that you drive daily, they got my name on them. <laughs> some role. Um, yeah, that's right. awesome. I, I, I've either, you know, you know, designed them or I uh, was part of the construction teams mm. or, 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 you know, or the you know, planning teams. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, probably 80% of our, you know, that's wow. what I see. So you, <laughs> that's insane. You think after 30 <laughs> years uh, in this field, you know, you're just thinking to yourself, oh, well, you know, uh, the city, yeah. uh, the way it all operates, it's thanks to me yeah, or yeah. thanks to you. Or it's a pretty good feeling. Yeah, how does that feel? Like driving down the road <laughs> every day and being you, like, you I'm obviously your mistakes, I, I made this. you know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could have done this better or I could have done it better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes, luckily, we have a chance to go and just fix things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe 10 years after or 15 years after when you need a new pavement or a new curb mm. or a new whatever, you know, or a new bridge after, you know, 50 years. Like, we just finished um, Sandville Bridge. Mm, really? Project uh, that's what you know that was for the uh, the city of Gold Coast Council. Uh, that that bridge, if you guys know, it was a four lane bridge um, with a footpath built in 1964, mm-hmm. and um, the design at the time he had to follow you know different standards and different guidelines. Mm. So what we had to do, we had to make sure that the bridge. So we had to turn the four lane bridge into five lane bridge. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, without doing the you know substructure mm, so okay. we just and not much of the superstructure either so we just have to change the rail and check mm. that the um, that the bridge superstructure you know complies to the current standards mm. to the as 1600 okay. and that was difficult because um, um you know obviously 50 60 years things have changed mm. the yeah, loads definitely. have changed yeah definitely the live loads have probably you know tripled mm. yeah uh in those days probably it was designed for you know semi-truck these mm. days we are, we are designing for uh, prime movers that can carry tank on top of them. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the, exactly. The, yeah. The, yeah, that's right. the current standard. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that was challenging, uh, but 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 uh, you know it, it gives you the um, satisfaction that uh, with a good team you can overcome those those you know, challenges mm. and and, and, yeah, and you come up something for the you know city that is um, you know value adding you know, without going and just you know just uh, you know destroy the old bridge. We kept the old bridge. We get another 50 years life to it mm-hmm. with some smart engineering. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the most satisfying thing about engineering. It's why people enter it a lot is because it's, it's such a such a broad topic that impacts a lot of people. Mm, that's the definitely. thing. Engineering is one of those, I feel like, uh, fields of areas of work that impact like the largest amount of people, you know, especially yeah. unknowingly with, with unknowingly. roads. <laughs> like how many thousands of people go over that road every day or, or that bridge yeah. every day, you know? So, Take it for granted. Really yeah. Not understand how much actual effort goes into it not just like physical effort but like mental effort to yeah. make these things happen it's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. so that's what i want to ask as well because you've been in this field for s- such a long time um what are some of the things that are buzzing in your line of work because this is the engineering buzzcast, so it's about things that are buzzing in your line of work so what mm-hmm. are the things that you've seen even just the past 10 years say um be the biggest change in your time in engineering mm-hmm. like What's something that you guys are having to adapt to or yeah, yeah. having to change? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, uh, probably for me personally, the biggest change is um, this development of the uh, uh, you know, digital engineering mm-hmm. and GIS. Uh, more and more, we're going to end up probably you know, very soon with a paperless 
mm. you know, uh, way of producing designs. Mm. Uh, I'm used to the old A1 paper sheets yeah. uh, yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. all on the paper or, or the old, you know, tracing paper. Uh, you go on site and the wind blows and the paper's blown away. Or rains. And then we cut probably in the um, late 90s on a, on a A3 size paper, which was great because yeah, it's yeah, much yeah. smaller and, and you can easily, you know, just use it on site. These days, you've got your iPads, you've got your, you know, mm. small laptops. Tablets. And, mm. yeah, and, yeah. and it's all there. Uh, the BIM has been a a big mover mm-hmm. and, a, and a, you know, a oh, big yeah. shaker for the clients, particularly because all their assets are now managed through BIM system from yeah. your, you know, from your concept design through the digital design, and then for the maintenance mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. asset, um, and it just in the click of a pen. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. One of my earlier jobs in Brisbane was to um, transfer 1900 maps that were in inches and links and chains yeah. that mm-hmm. Brisbane had built in the, I don't know, 1890-something, yeah, 1900s, and five. So that was our, our first challenge to, um, you know, digitize all the water mains in, and the sewer mains in the old Brisbane area. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was used, you know, that is used now by the, you know, fire brigades. They want uh, oh, yeah. to have a, you know, fire. They know exactly where the old hydrants are, True, where they can, yeah. you know, plug in and get the water to fight the fire. Yeah. yeah. Before, they had to go and try to find, you know, paper plans, if they uh, got any, and it takes, you know, two hours to, to you know, get a yeah. plan. Mm. Now it's, you know, yeah. you know, within seconds. So yeah, that's awesome. that, that sort of, you know, digital space, it just grown so, um, so big and and it's so you know and it's so you know innovative that is just amazing to watch how yeah, the whole you know just you know industry is changing uh, almost mm-hmm. daily mm. yeah. and it would help so many more people just because of that just that one minor thing mm. would mean that you know fires can be put out way faster just there's mm. just so many yeah that, that's awesome. everything i mean you know you have a burst main for example yeah or someone goes and puts a shovel in the ground and cuts your, you know, yeah. MBN cable that, <laughs> that goes from your building to, you know, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know exactly where the, you know, missing link is mm. within, the, you know, within seconds. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like with some of the new, um, like, soil scanning machines and stuff like that, it's yeah. insane to be mm. able to just look through the ground, like an x-ray machine almost, and just be like, oh, yeah, you can see that there and see that there. Have you guys used any of that equipment Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we use surveyors yeah. uh, mm. and, and they use, you know, GPI, uh, you know, it's called GPI, ground mm. penetrating mm. Uh, uh, they're also you know using lately uh, drones yeah oh yeah uh, it's a, it's a probably something that is happening for the last two years and taken like a you know wildfire drones for everything basically mm. um, you can you can scan the whole bridge that, that we did on Sundale and um, you can get a mesh model of the old bridge structure. Oh, yeah. I've seen that, and they have like uh, lidar radars and stuff yeah. on them. Um, they just go around. That's it's, it's so crazy how fast mm. things are advancing, and yeah. and and it's cheap, mm. and it's accessible, and it's and that's it's, the thing. You can just go to JB Hi-Fi and go and grab yeah. yourself a drone, <laughs> and then just go and like yeah. make your own system for it. And in your own backyard, you've got those. You just need to know what you're doing. System. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all, and and just yeah. have the right software for it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the you know training. Uh, that the that the you know, that you know industry provides to young people like yourselves mm. is just fantastic because um, uh, you can turn in different channels through you know university through TAFE mm. through you know online courses and just 
you know, learn how to operate a drone, how to do the scan, how to do the, you know, LiDAR, how to, uh, I don't know, whatever else you want to do. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize how much they actually did use drones for this sort of stuff. Like, it, to- mm. it totally makes sense. I mean, it's easily easily accessible, and you can just yeah scan things from a distance. But we, um, I was involved in twenty was it twenty seventeen I think when we had the last cyclone mm. um, up at Lamington. Um, we had a uh, slope st- uh, slips, mm-hmm. and yeah, we have yeah. a geotech team here that does that work. They flew the drones almost two days later, and they surveyed the whole area because we couldn't get up there. Yeah, of course. Mm, yeah. It was all you know blocked from by. You was know, um, was that the one with Binabara Lodge on on that road? That was uh, yeah. Binabara Bara Lodge was due to the bushfires in yeah. 2019. Okay, uh, but it was similar. You know, mm. um, when the bushfire went through, uh, burned all the trees and the rock got loose and just you know started falling down the cliff. And block the road, so we, you know, we flew drones. Then to uh, within 24 hours, we had a whole survey site, so we can wow, start on the insane. job ASAP. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, definitely sounds like there's a lot of opportunity in that specifically. Hmm. For, uh, well, it would have been a big leap from from when you used to work, uh, or when you, the line that you're still working all those years ago. You know, not being able to do that and those sort of like what? How did you guys do all those sort of things back then? that you can do now like like the same techniques but made old if that if that sort of makes sense you know so like how, how would you do that back then well look uh you know probably the biggest change that i've seen is in the you know surveying uh from the old uh, you know total lights that they used to have and that we all done the you know, prep work for you know uni subject mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in six weeks or so they used to go out and and then you had to have a, a you know, chain man and, and a, you know, another support crew and um, used to take days and days and weeks yeah, to yeah. survey a site of say 5 to 10k you know, yeah. road extents. Um, these days probably takes 2 to two, 3 days to you know, pick up all the stuff yeah, that, that you can see. The yeah. underground stuff as well is much quicker because mm. of the you know, GPR, mm. uh, because of radar. drones yeah, yeah. And, and, and all of that. Uh, it's much easier to you know, get that information and then start designing. Yeah. Mm. So it's, save, it, it, it's saving time yeah. and obviously cost for the clients, mm-hmm. uh, which is the main objective, I suppose, why all these major changes are happening. It, it's all about cost savings. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And you know, technology is the main vehicle for that. Mm. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Really also, that comes down to, to feasibility, I guess. I mean, that's what engineering is as a whole, isn't it? Just seeing if something's feasible to do it or not. So, mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, that's really really interesting. Um, so, we talked a bit about how you got into engineering, you did your associate's degree, and that, and that sort of thing. Um, during that time, so that jump from your associate's degree to going into your line of work, and and go those past thirty years that you've been doing civil engineering for, what would you say has been your biggest hurdle? Um, personally for, like for yourself in that developing field you know so it, it could just be like a personal hurdle or um, so, something that you've come across that you've gone okay I need to readapt to the situation or so, something along those lines um, the start was hard because I was mm. a you know mature age student I finished uni when I was 35 mm. um, you know and um, I was competing for a job with you young guys <laughs> so uh, you know it was difficult you know I had a child and a wife and a you know mortgage and mm. uh, I was waiting for this job to, to come and you know, luckily I did get uh, within 
two days after my last exam. I mm. put something like 25, you know, letters to the companies up in Brisbane with yeah, my CV right. and, and mm. you know, just saying that you know, how good I am. And, and they say, yeah, great, great. And then I go for a, for a chat and they say, oh, you're 35 years old <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, yeah. and, and you're not graduate. Yeah. However, that didn't hinder me much. Uh, mm. yeah, probably was my uh, personal, uh, you know, misconception of uh, being a, uh, you know, uh, old, mm. if I can say that. Um, mm. But with time, uh, it actually not helped me because I was mature and, and I could um, probably go for uh, different challenges mm, mm. than just engineering. And yeah. that's why I got into management, mm. uh, you know, managing people and you know, managing projects and managing clients. Yeah. Uh, the clients uh, that I work with now, I suppose, some of the clients are, you know, looking for the, you know, for the experience. Mm. Uh, you know, project manager, project directors, mm. roles. They want to see, you know, see someone with 15, 20 years plus mm. uh, doing that work. So there's a that sort of, um, you know, demand, you know, in up like in our team here to have at least number of you know, senior engineers on every project. And then obviously the young people are coming through. Uh, we we you know mentor, we support. And we so encourage them to, you know, you know, step up and, and take mm. on, you know, bigger roles than they can probably do. Yeah. Yeah. So my challenge was at the time to to uh, to you know learn software because mm. I wasn't born uh, uh, with uh, you, know, mm. you know iPhone or a uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. laptop. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it just came in like a big wave almost. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. It was like a ten year gap or so. Yeah. That just just rushed yeah. in through all this stuff. So. I I have to learn, you know, in those days Fortran. Mm. Had to program in the old Fortran language, mm. yeah, right. and it was—I just couldn't get it. It, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. Very, it was very challenging. Yeah. However, with the help of of some young colleagues like mm. your age, mm. uh, you know, we got there. And I've learned Fortran. I've learned, you know, AutoCAD. I've learned 12D. I've learned all the other, you know, packages that we use today. Mm. Um, uh, and, and and I think that was probably my my you know my biggest challenge was to um, you know get over that you know first the. The, mm. the first five years was, okay, was yeah. hard. Adapting. Um, yeah. yeah okay. But but if I can advise you guys, one thing is that you've got to put the hard work in. Yeah. Nothing comes easy. Mm. Yeah. Without hard work, without the effort, without the commitment, uh, you may take longer mm. than, yeah. than, than you know, someone that will put you know, 100%. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Every day. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Yeah. Like on that, um, what are some... I guess main points of advice you'd have specifically for students who are not who are coming into this industry. Um, what, what's some advice you would give them to encourage them and help them on their path towards? Probably the best advice that that I could give them is to um, you know team up with the most senior engineers, mm. learn from them, ask questions, don't be shy, mm. don't be novel because there's so much to learn. Mm. I personally been in this field for 30 years. I learn something new every day. Mm. If yeah. I don't learn something every day, I go home and I think, oh, that was a boring day. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. in our field, the challenges are so big and so many yeah. that you've got to learn something every day. Yeah. Is it software? Is it people? Is it client? Is it project related? Mm. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. No, you go home and you feel good about yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So be open. Listen, mm. listen more than you talk mm. and learn. Mm. Because, um, uh, you know, the, the, the you know, challenges will be there every day, all the time. Uh, and, and don't be afraid to ask. 
Mm. Because someone out there knows the answer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are no stupid questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. To be a good engineer is not to know everything because nobody knows everything. Mm-hmm. To be a good engineer is a person that knows where to go to get the answer. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's actually... That's so that could yeah. be a person mm. that you go to ask question. That that could be a you know standard, mm. guidelines, mm. policies. Wow. Yeah. So you need to know how to find your way around that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the answer to your success. Mm. And I, I think uh, you know when you you know when you go for your say for your you know for your first interview for example, mm. um, the body language. People see your passion mm. from your body language. The way you talk, the way you, you just try to you know you know you know sell yourself. Mm. You can tell them a story about how you know good you are and and, and how you know um, you know you want to learn. Mm. But if you don't project that, mm. in like in person, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is just a probably story. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah. You need to be you know being honest, be yourself, and show the drive. Try to your new or to your prospective you know employer that. You deserve this job. Mm. That you that you want to earn the, the the job. You've you've started your you know the company. Mm. You know what is you know s- you know smack all about all our you know history for the last seventy years. Mm. Uh, you you um, you try to learn the name of the people that you're going to see mm. and 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 you know you know talk to see you know what they've done and what mm. they're doing and try to sell yourself the best way that you can, showing that drive and yeah. your passion. Mm. Yeah. Why, why you should get the job, yeah. and you know someone else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. and the only you know, you know the difference is it's not your you know GPS call. Yeah, it's you, mm-hmm. and it's your passion for what you want to do in the next 10, 10 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Ju- and just knowing what you're getting yourself into as well, knowing the company that you're going to be working for. I've heard so many stories of my friends who just go up to a company and they'll be like, okay. Uh, what's the project that we work on five years ago or like what are we doing at the moment and they just sit there going uh well i don't know because they didn't research the company Mm. or they they don't know what they're going for and i think it's that that cocky attitude where they just rock up chuck their resume around the table and just sit there and they just answer their questions you know it's almost like the 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 flip side of companies who only look at the gpa and Mm. put it in the bin it's almost like the other side of that yeah yeah i I personally don't ever look at the the, 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 you know you know, paperwork. I mm, yeah. I just put all my effort in talking to the person, mm. uh, see their you know you know see their body language and see what they have to offer mm. to this company or to this office or to me personally. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's probably the answer to your you know to your success. Yeah. Be yourself. Show the drive that you have for the for the you know, industry that you're in mm. or you're trying to mm. get in, and the passion that you have. Yeah. 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 So would you say that that there should be a really good balance between having actual knowledge and then that social knowledge as well. Would you recommend that? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, I I love to to uh, you know when I see if someone comes from um, you know from say you know uni and they have in their resume uh, you know worked at McDonald's or you mm-hmm. know KFC. I yeah. love people like that because <laughs> they've been you know yeah. they're young, they're mm. still young, mm. they're working hard mm. after hours, they're doing uni at the same time. It just shows me that they that they're driven. Mm. Yeah, they got the energy. Yeah. They got the will. They want to succeed. Mm. And, yeah, and yeah. They, that's that's you know that's what I'm looking for. Mm. Right. Okay. Mm. So for all you guys who are don't have internships yet and um and are working at fast food, remember that. Yeah. That it, they still look at that. It's not absolutely. Just, 
yeah, yeah. definitely yeah or even even just switching from job to job i think would be important on a resume mm. wouldn't it? not just being stagnant and just sitting in the same the same job for that long but also also not obviously just having a few months at like lots of different places it, that doesn't look good either i don't think yeah yeah not too much time <laughs> uh, if you yeah. if you spend uh you know some time in a job where uh you learn a you know skill set mm. And, and and you come in and you tell me that you know I can do this, mm. and, I, and I ask you, okay, you know, how long did you do that? And and you say, two years. I said, yeah, fair enough, because I know that that you learned that in two, in two years. But if you tell me that that you've been there for two weeks, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a bit of a like, what what, what happened? <laughs> sort of question, you know. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So um. On an end note, um, which STEM or engineering figurehead would you say that you really look up to throughout history? Um, it, they can be fictional or they can be, you know, historical. But who would you say really, like someone you really look up to, like a scientist or someone? It doesn't. It can be anywhere in STEM. Look, uh, I'm going to change that from mm. you know, question yeah. to, to to you know how I see things in life. And mm. and um, for me, um, I don't worship. Mm. One person. I I um, I look uh, up to uh, you know leaders in a society in any field, from a politics to sports to uh, you know, industry, people that lead teams, that lead projects, that lead countries, that lead societies. Um, they inspire me, mm. as I said before, you know. <clears throat> and there are many of them around. Mm, there are many yeah, good yeah. leaders and there are many bad leaders, mm, yes, as we all sure. know. <laughs> the good ones uh, that are in our in the industry doesn't necessarily are of my age. Mm. I have a lot of young people here in our you know in our office, in like in Brisbane or Tarsville or the you know, sunny coast that are starting in their careers, uh, becoming a, you know the manager. Um, they 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 show their potential. They show the care, the compassion. The humanity, and 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 the humanity, mm. you know, working with people, because mm. at the end of the day, it's all about working with someone. Um, I think I think that's that's what leaders do. They they take a team forward, they drive the team forward, and they succeed. Mm. Uh, and that is that's in any space of our life mm. uh, and I think that's you know people like that just inspire me personally yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to talk about big names uh, there's some um, great leaders that are you know you know full of themselves mm-hmm. there's some leaders that are, that are very humble then they have never got you know material you know just a benefit out of what they've done mm. like you know I'm born in the same country as Nikola Tesla for mm. example and you know he was when I was a child we just learn about Tesla and how poor he was, mm. not about you know what he achieved yeah, in really. the you know, scientific mm. you know world. Uh, so that's probably one name that I can mention mm. from a very you know young age that was that inspired mm. me. Um, he wasn't a leader; mm. he was a different type of person. But but he was uh, you know genius in the field where you know where he was practicing mm. and didn't ask for much. All he wanted to do is to help the community. Mm. Is, to, is to just help us, and now you know, you know, eighty years later, yeah, yeah, we are you know getting all these you know all these benefits of what he mm. 
uh, just visualize, you know, 80, 80 odd years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Important to the society, you know, giving yeah. back, I think, I think is really inspirational mm. for someone who can do yes. that and at the same time pursue their own goals and actually succeed at that too. I think that's, mm. that's a big thing is, is it being able to actually succeed and give back is, is such a, it's, it's, it's really inspirational to see someone actually be able to balance those two things out, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, and, sure. and And then one day you just sit back like me and, and you said, oh, I've done this for, you know, 30 years. And you feel at peace. Mm. You know, you have spent thirty years of hard work, mm. and you've done most of the stuff that you had to do, do mm. and you've achieved all these things. But you're at peace. And you mm. said, it's a life well spent. Yeah, yeah, that's ultimately what it's all about. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 fulfillment it in what you want, what you're doing. Yeah, and just enjoying the ride, and then when you get to the mm. final stop, just being like, "That was a good ride." <laughs> you know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sort of like at the end of a roller coaster, and just be like, "That was fun." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So you'll yeah. be going through that too, you know. Yeah, you know, life is one big roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. definitely is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Peter, so much yes. for uh, thanks so much for coming, spending the time really to appreciate come it. Uh, to let us come around, visit the Smack office, mm. and we'll have a look around short, shortly. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having the time to come out and do that. Mm. And um, I'm sure a lot of people probably got a lot yeah, from definitely. this. Um, it's going to inspire mm. hopefully a generation or hopefully just a small group mm. of people who knows but whoever gets something out of it um yeah they can do what they please with it and mm. hopefully they do something good with it so yeah yeah awesome yeah. thank you jacob cheers thank you dan thank you very much talk to you soon thanks Peter. Soon. and with all that said if you've enjoyed today's episode please don't forget to share this with your mates or colleagues who also might benefit from these discussions as well and um yeah if you can just leave an honest review or rating on your preferred podcast platform so with all that said, you've been listening to the Engineering Buzzcast with your hosts, Jacob Primus and Daniel Hardy. And until next time, see you in the next episode. See you in the next episode. See ya. The top job is that of the engineer. This requires a great amount of ability and training in mathematics. And you should have some courses in